Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast, episode 38. I LARP, you LARP, we can all LARP. So role-playing in a video world or within one's imagination on paper is amazing. The possibilities are endless, but it is very two-dimensional, three-dimensional if you're using miniatures. Playing an MMORPG and talking to friends while questing is awesome. You know, it's a huge jump forward in the RPG world playing together at any time you really want to. But what if you wanted to take it to the next step away from the screen, potentially a little bit farther away from the character sheet than you might need, developing your own persona, choosing your own costume, your own clothing choices, your own look, and taking that quest into close enough to real life, uh, stepping out your door, becoming somebody else, and imagine that world sits within real life. LARPing is just that L-A-R-P live action role playing. Now, there's some people that say LARPing, ha <laughs> LARP. That's weird. But everybody says that about something. I like to say that about those cookie shows where the people bake cookies. I'm like, bake cakes and pie too. I like them all. Anywho, so let's start with Wikipedia's definition of of LARPing. So live action role-playing games. LARP is a form of role-playing game where the participants physically portray their characters. The players pursue goals within a fictional setting represented by the real world while interacting with each other in character. The outcome of player interactions may be mediated by game rules or determined by consensus among players. Event arrangers called game masters decide the setting and rules to be used and facilitate play. So Really, it's an RPG. It's playing it as a real, as a person who's playing a character. And you may have a game master, similar to a DM. And you may also have some, uh, have some volunteers or people helping. Now, the first LARPs, and this is still from Wikipedia, the first LARPs were run in the 1970s. And again, inspired by tabletop RPG and, and the genre of fiction. So fantasy fiction. The activity spread in internationally during the 80s and has diversified into a wide variety of styles. Play may be very game-like or may be more concerned with the dramatic artistic expression. Events can also be designed to achieve educational and political goals. The fictional genres used vary greatly from the realistic, modern, or historical settings to fantastic or future, futuristic errors. Production values are sometimes minimal, but can involve elaborate venues and costumes. LARPs range in size from small private events lasting a few hours to large public events with thousands of players lasting for days. So we talked as we've gone through the RPGs, we've talked about playing individual ones. We've talked about playing with others. We've talked about questing in the MMORPGs. We've, LARPing, though, is taking yourself and creating your character or getting a character and you become that character, but you're going to have to put some input into this. So there's no picking out if you're wearing a mustache, I mean, or is picking out to wearing a mustache, but you don't pick it on an avatar. You do it for yourself. Um, what your costume is. You could be a, there could be a LARP of, you know, the children of the hot dog forest and you're a hot dog. Uh, and you're all trying to survive being attacked by mustard and hungry baseball fans. I don't know. That's a, that's a crazy weird LARP one. But to paraphrase LARPing, it exists in that physical realm. To think of a time historically for a setting, there are individuals, teams, groups, alliance, and game masters. There are no limits to the game outside of good taste, 
that's just my opinion. There probably are limits. And my opinion has farther boundaries than most. So take that as a good taste. You know, you're not pantsing people in front of the front of the Dunkin' Donuts across the street from the park. Anywho, uh, but you think about it as kids are, and even as we get to adults, we daydream. And we think about wanting to maybe visit history or we wanted wondered what it would be like to live during that time. You know, look at the popular show Westworld, which is based off the movie Westworld, which starred Yul Brenner. Really good movie. But it's also a really good show on HBO. And if you haven't seen it, sorry, I'm not going to ruin too much of it here. But it starts out being set in the in the Wild West, but has a lot of other settings that you can go into or in other times and periods that you can visit. You know, reenactments have been occurring for a long time in in wars and just general. I've actually I had a friend that was an astronaut reenactment, and they got together and they would do the the uh, you know the moon landing, and people played different engineers. That's LARPing because they would introduce scenarios where everyone had to do problem solving and figure out how to fix something. Um, the war ones, you know, they go different directions, but again similar to, to shared tourism like Westworld, there used to be wild West towns where you could go visit and there was a sheriff and there was somebody who did a Smithy and there was somebody who, you know, taught you how to use a Lariat and then you go to the, the saloon and get yourself a sarsaparilla. So, you know, those are all existing. I think there used to be one near the, near uh, the Grand Canyon we visited, but also now as we get a little bit older, there's murder mysteries and you may do one in a, a theme where maybe you're in the 1950s and everybody dresses up like gangsters and somebody, you know, murdered Al Capone's brother and we have to figure out who it is. So think of that as your, you know, the time period pulling everything together. If you played astronauts or soldiers or if your kid, friends as a kid, you may have been LARPing as a child. Now, how does somebody LARP? So as adults, we usually don't get into character. We've kind of developed our personas and we go to work and we do all the things and we take over and become parents, grandparents, you know, friends, coworkers, and spouses, you know, a lot of set relationships that we need to be ourselves are authentic and true selves or books written on all that happy jazz. But, you know, maybe one Saturday you want to be a, a knight or a lady who is secretly a knight, or maybe, you know, in your, the case of a certain podcast where you want to be a half man, half machine cyborg bounty hunter who, while he's working in his yard, moving cinder blocks, discovers a special recipe for something that everybody wants to get a hold of that has been hidden there. That may or may not have happened this last weekend. Anywho, thinking about those types of things, you know, you can build your own LARPing out however you really want to. It doesn't have to be a specific. You can go and put an old blanket on and watch wizard movies and talk like a wizard and read out of your wizard book. You can go to Home Depot and buy uh, what you would get some wood to make a sword. Make sure you're getting some duct tape and some foam. The radiator hose foam works really well so that you're not beating your maybe your uh, brother-in-law up after Thanksgiving this year. You're going to decide to LARP. Um, but, you know, a rule of thumb is you do not have to be perfect when LARPing. No one else is. Dad moment. I know everybody loves these. If anyone says differently, they're jealous or feel bad about themselves. So have fun with it. So somebody, you know, maybe you wear a costume to a LARP or you're doing, you know, sword fighting on your front yard and your neighbor's looking at you funny and be like, well, hey, your, um, your hedges are ugly. No, 
No, what you want to do is you realize that guy's probably over there going, dang it, now I want a sword and I want a sword fight with those guys. I'm going to be, I'm going to act out on that. So um, let's add a little more detail from Wikipedia instead of all the dad lessons. So Wikipedia puts this as events are put on for the benefit of the players, which is really cool. And these players become player characters and they may run into game masters or non-player characters somewhere when they're playing you will potentially and progressively develop your character as you move forward because your character is going to do stuff. Your character is going to have battles. Your character is going to solve puzzles. Your character is going to meet other people. Character is going to get new information. So you're going to have these game masters and they arrange everything. And they may, they may be just helping you move through the adventure. But remember, these are the people who did the rental. They may be setting things up. They brought food. They get volunteers involved. They take a specific game tool and build that out so these these folks are like dungeon masters but think of it as an event provider but also someone who's a creative that can take you to the next level of what you're working on all right so back to our so unlike that gm in a tabletop rolling game you know think of a a LARP GM maybe not having the complete overview of, say, maybe a park where there's two or three acres. They're not going to be able to see everything. They aren't going to know because there's a lot of people doing things. They're going to assume that this is maybe, okay, everybody's playing their role. But you may have the creative types who say, they, oh, look, I found this uh, avocado in my pocket. and It's got a magic seed, and it's going to create this um, gigantic beanstalk to help bring giants and help protect me. That could actually occur at a LARP. I haven't brought an avocado, but I'm now starting to think that my uh, half-man, half-cyborg needs an avocado tree to uh, carry around in his pocket. But, you know, really think of those those folks that are working hard to give you that adventure. Or if you're the person developing it, make sure people kind of understand, hey, I put some energy into this. I put some time into this. I'm hoping we have some fun. All right. Now, you may also have crew that are out there. So these may be volunteers, they may be staged hands, they may may be non-player characters like Phil, the half-ogre, half-troll alchemist who can help you make gold bars because you need to get gold bars for the dragon before they burn down your village. That may be somebody who is playing that persona. Now, they may play multiple personas because they're here at the town and they just have to keep switching and maybe they switch wig and they do a quick 30 second change, which would be super awesome. I might actually have to do that if we ever do an NPC of have like six costumes ready to go at all times, but you're going to have these interactions and you're going to have interactions with other people when you're LARPing and things like that. So a lot of this again is under that direction of the GM, but you have all this ability to kind of learn and grow in a LARP. Okay. So how about a little history? Doesn't who doesn't love history? I love history. So, Per Wikipedia again. Remember to donate. Donate Wikipedia, please. They need money. Every time I do a podcast, I donate to Wikipedia too, just so everybody wonders. Anywho, LARPs don't have a real single point of origin. They do believe they're invented by groups in North America, Europe, and Australia. And it really started out with these tabletop role-playing games, very similar to childhood games, play fighting, costume parties, role-play simulations, Oh, dear Lord, I'm going to make this one up. Comedia dell'arte, I think. 
improvisational therapy theater. Sorry, that's even in English. Improvisational theater, psychodrama, military simulations, and historical reenactment groups, such as the Society for Creative Anachronism. Do a search on them; they're pretty cool. Now, the earliest LARP group is called Dago here, which and I think it's Dago here or Dago here which was founded in 1977 in the U.S., and they did fantasy battles after the release of the movie Logan's Run. So this is really live role-playing games based on these U.S. science fiction conventions. In 81, the International Fantasy Game Society started, very much influenced by D&D, um, and you know they, they had a fictional... And, IFGS was named after a fictional group in the 1981 novel Dream Park, which described futuristic LARPs. In 1982, the Society for Interactive Literature, a predecessor of the Live Action Role Players Association, LARPA, formed as the first recorded theater-style LARP group in the U.S. Now, Treasure Trap over in Peckford and Castle in the U.K., as well as the first recorded LARP group in 1982 in Australia in 1983, using the science fiction traveler setting. So think of in, over there that you're going to have a little different because you may have the Mad Max thing, which would be super cool. All right. In 1993, White Wolf Publishing. So remember that if you're writing down stuff, write down White Wolf Publishing. Released Mind's Eye Theater. Go take a look at that. The content alone is worth an afternoon of reading. Uh, it's wor It was worth like three afternoons of reading for me. And I'm probably going to go back and read more. It is you know, still played internationally. It is com the most commercially successful LARP that's out there. And just amazing. Now, back to history. In Germany, the first events were in the early 90s, which fantasy LARP, you know, pit really has grown to where they have events not during the pandemic that annually have between 3000 and 7,000 players all around Europe. So to say LARPing is an international kind of phenomenon is an understatement. LARPing is an international worldwide phenomenon that transcends time and space. It's in its forties. Remember how cool your forties were? You had money, you could do those things you couldn't do in your twenties. So LARPing doing all this awesome stuff. And it has organizations that are putting money on them and have more intelligent and more interesting subjects than you'd probably ever hear in your local PTA or softball league for damn sure. They've created books, movies, TV, some of the most powerful computers on the world, the mind, have been affected. All right. So not all LARPs, though, are for fun. So some LARPs can be great. You can have fun. You can learn. You can quest. Others can have an academic level to them. Others could go into an artistic play. And I'm not talking artistic like you're thinking the Louvre and the Met. But think of from a very artistic point of view of the beauty and style of like the Victorian age. And I'm going to talk about that in a second here as well. So LARPs are not just all fighting. They can be puzzles, riddles. There could be negotiation and teamwork built into them. This may be something, you know, I've always had fun with team building exercises. I think a LARP team building exercise at work would be fun. I doubt anyone would do it, but maybe my friend Amanda. Anywho, politicking can be built into these with culture, religion, trivia plugged into them. Some 
like to go a little bit farther on the adult things over in the Nordic countries, wink, wink, look. Um, but they go into the human condition as well with love and, you know, fear and connection to that level. LARP can also be used to teach in the Danish secondary school, and I've practiced this, Osterskoll, and I think I said that as good as I can, thank you, Vlad, uh, uses LARP to teach most of its classes. Thank you again, Wikipedia, for sharing that note. But think if you're learning a new language. Wouldn't you want to immerse yourself into that culture? I've been trying to learn the magical language that is aligned with Zatanna uh, from the DC Comics and the Dark Justice League, um, where she speaks backwards. And she does her spells is when she speaks backwards. And I've been practicing that because I think it's just fun to mess with my kids. But I also am like, you know, if I was going to do it, I guess I would just have to start maybe getting into a more magic look. The t-shirt and shorts look doesn't always pull it off. But think about if we've ever role played at work, we've you know where someone's like, oh, I'm going to play the CFO and you've had these simulations of work. We've all done them potentially. If you haven't, you probably did one at some point. But also on TV, uh, there's a MASH episode called Twas the Day After Christmas where the officers and the enlisted men switch positions. So maybe a corporal was the colonel and a major became a, you know, sergeant. And if you've never seen the episodes worth watching, I think it's, I don't know where it is out there. We can look for it, but it really opened up everyone's eyes. It was a learning experience. So again, this, it wasn't a seem seemingly fun for the people in the mash episode because they all learned that some people's jobs aren't as easy. So, Learning from that, the what is, the history, the why, let's talk about some rules. Now, the rules are the worst. Oh, the rules are the worst. Nobody should have rules. Wrong. The rules are what makes the LARP fun. It is the boundaries. It is the train track that the LARP runs on. It allows for the character abilities, the combat, the play area, the storyline, and generally how we treat each other in the LARP. There can be very um, aggressive against each other LARPs. Or there can be, hey, you're two new societies meeting each other for the very first time. So, you know, thinking about that is when you're building this, you're going to have these rules. Read and follow and listen to the rules. Engage in the LARP. Don't just say, hey, I'm going to go throw my costume on head over the LARP, you know. Read what they're doing at that LARP that I get involved into it if you go to LARP. Now, because of the pandemic, you could be six feet apart from people in the sunshine. I think it's probably the healthiest outside, blah, blah, blah. And LARP. Maybe wearing a mask. LARP wearing a mask. I, I, my uh, half man, half bounty, cyborg bounty hunter wears a mask. He's super cool. Okay. So, you know, we've talked about like all the rules. My favorite rule of all, though, and all the LARP rules I've read were magic spells to see who gets to cast a spell first and using rock, paper, scissors. So rock, paper, scissors. One, two, three. Dang it, I beat myself again. Why does, why does my left hand always throw scissors? Oh, darn paper. Anywho, that's one of my favorite rules. And that's how simple LARPing can be. It is not having to carry a dice or a randomizer on your phone. In fact, put your phone away. Don't play with phone. Okay. Now, every podcast, I think I go through this one subject always, but the theme. What is the theme of LARPs? Well, you know, there's some basic themes. Lord of the Rings, 
uh, Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, all Tolkien, Star Wars, Star Wars LARPs. Um, you know, you can Harry Potter, but think of LARPs can have any genre, anyone. Think of a movie. Okay, I'm going to give you three crazy movies. You could have a Aliens LARP. You could have the Godfather LARP. That actually really would be kind of cool. You could, depending on which Godfather movie, not the third one, maybe the second one would be a good one or first one. Depends on if you're in Vegas or not. But you can also do a Smurfs LARP. Now, if you love covering your body in blue paint or just your upper arms and having a shirt on, you could be a Smurf LARPer. It's real. You could do it. But LARPs transcend time and space. They are, come from literature in every form. There are publishers out there, like I said before, that, that you can go take a look and they can cr- help you create non-player characters, help decide what weapons you're going to use. If there are items that you're going to search for, the combat rules, all of the tiny details that give that life, the LARP a life and make it a living event, a story, that adventure, or the experience. Now, if you go to a LARP, make sure you listen to everybody, you read everything, you go into a great attitude and appreciate everybody. If you go to a LARP after you've had a horrible day at work, at least try to have a good time. <laughs> but, you know, enjoy it. Jump into it. Um, I don't think that we can say, no, we can't LARP during COVID. You can't LARP indoors during COVID, but let you go and you go on a quest and stay six feet apart and have like a six foot staff and make sure you're always six feet apart if you're going, if you're a wizard. Maybe it's a team of wizards and they're going on a mystic hike to find something. But see, you could, I, that's just a basic idea. Now, I wanna talk about my favorite themes. My first is Victorian and I don't, really completely understand Victorian other it's I'm not going to the pride and prejudice side of things. Maybe I'm going towards the Edgar Allan Poe side of things a little bit. Um, Sherlock Holmes, you know, I'm going, going into that time. And uh, it is really interesting because I guess maybe I like to tie bow ties is also going into a little bit of that, but I like Victorian from, you know, the period where, you know, the wars at that time were very, you know, the Prussians. Does anybody know who the Prussians are anymore? Yes, I do. And if you should look it up, if you don't. But we talk about the action. There's some mystery built into it. The romance was very weird because it was like nowadays everybody kisses and hugs and does stuff on TV. But it's like there it was like, oh, well, I've touched your hand. <laughs> look, I was just LARPing right there. But, you know, it's an odd time to do it, but it's more, you know, a little more fun and relevant. And the costumes are kind of super awesome. The second one is horror. I love horror. Horror, horror, horror. Horror. Got to say it one more time. Eli Roth, Rob Zombie, Stephen King. They all freak me out. Um, but I really, the, the space I get into horror and the kind of thought processes are vampires, werewolves, zombies, the whole demons thing. And I'm going to add dystopian stuff in there because I think it's interesting to think of the dystopian, you know, the the Mad Max worlds, the, you know, we've, the, if you've read the book Ready Player One, it's actually kind of scary dystopian. But there's so many great stories and, and, and movies that go into the horror genre. I'm not saying we create a, uh, you know, the entire scary thing. But again, White Wolf Publishing and its Mind Eye Theater has got some of the best content out there it is so cool to read you know again my secret guilt is going and talking about vampires but not vampires like today like twilight 
or vampires. And I'm going to say this underworld, even though it's going to sound totally like underworld. So don't give me any hate on that one. But, you know, I really think it is cool, like a Shakespearean Edgar Allan Poe Lovecraft kind of time frame, you know, vampires, you know, Lovecraft vampires are crazy weird. Anywho, um, and if you haven't seen the uh, HP Lovecraft or Lovecraft Country show on HBO, again, HBO, you're getting all my love today. Um, there's a really cool show out there, not RPG related at all. But it, it you could build that into a LARP of all those things. And I love that lore and I love those kind of creepy nightmarish things knocking at your door and under your bed. And, you know, they just go crazy. Now. I will make this disclosure for anyone. I am neither Team Edward or Team Jacobs. I, Jacob, I could never pick. I've been to Forks. I didn't see a single vampire or werewolf. It was very sad. All right. So last couple topics. Let's talk about style. And I mean the style of what you're doing. And I'm not talking Ralph Lauren or Ann Taylor. I'm talking about the event, the distinctions, the genre, the rule set. Where are we doing this? How are we doing things? Like if we were to do a vampire Romeo and Juliet based in the Southeast, and no, it is not Underworld because it's not in the UK, and it's not Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter because it's after that. But let's say it's similar to Romeo and Juliet. The Capulets are lichens or werewolves, the Montagues are vampires. Who wants to be Tubalt or Mercutio? I just created an area and a space right there that short of time on how we can LARP. Now we have to develop who's going to be here. How many people do we have? What are the plays? Who's going to do what? Everybody read Romeo and Juliet in high school? Ha ah, ha, probably not. Okay, so last little bit. There are three references in pop culture I want to talk about LARPs. And sometimes they get kind of bad ones, but sometimes they get good ones. So I'm going to start with one of my favorite RPG, any type of game movie is Of Mazes and Monsters. Now, this is the seminal weapon against RPGs like D&D and other games at the time. Um, but this book, this movie, I'm sorry, uh, is based off Rona Jaffe's novel of the same exact name, Mazes and Monsters, and it's an inaccurate newspaper stories about the disappearance of James Dallas Egbert III from Michigan State in 1979. Now, you can see it on Amazon Prime, and it actually has one of our best actors in the world. Tom Hanks is in this movie. Um, it is what stopped everybody from playing D and D unless your parents are cool in seventies, late seventies, because everybody's like, Oh my God, this people killed this guy for playing D and D and they dressed up and you're going to go to hell. And the Methodist minister was pointing at me in church and freaked me out. Um, sorry. <laughs> really did actually happen. But there's, you know, lots and lots and lots of dot, dot, dots in this movie. It is just, but it's got the first representational LARPing, 1979. It's the first time I saw people wearing costumes like that. The second one is one of those wonderful buddy comedies in Role Models. It's got Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott, and they get in trouble, and they have to go be big brothers. And so they're big brothers to two kids. And I'm sorry, if you've seen the movie, I'm not going to, if you haven't seen the movie, it's been out for a while. I'm not, not ruining it. But they have to go out and one of the kids has a foul mouth and he gets Sean Williams got in all sorts of trouble when, which he's always in trouble, right? But Paul Rudd 
has a kid um, that is called Augie and Augie likes to do LARP and Augie is getting kicked out of his LARP group because he wants to go against the king. So you have to have four people to be in this LARP group. So Paul Rudd, Sean William Scott, and these two kids develop their own and they wear kiss music, <coughs> excuse me, or kiss music, cute kiss makeup and outfits and come and beat the king, Ken Jeong. It's a wonderful movie. It's got all, it's got Jane Lynch and all those folks in it. All right. The last one, and I'm only going to give you a little bit of detail because you got to go see this movie. It's so it's kind of like one of those bad movies that's good. It's called The Knights of Bad Astum. It's got Steve Zahn in it and Peter Dinklage. So you know you, it's got some good actors in it, but it is really kind of out there. And paintballers kick the LARP guys' butts, and then they have to fight together, maybe or not. And I'm not going to ruin any more of it for you. But it is worth seeing. It is funny it breaks into actual what LARPing is. And these movies are all out there available. Role models, I know it's available, sure, and many of the monsters. Okay, so if you've decided, oh, I don't know if I'm a LARP, or I'm gonna make a LARP, you can LARP. In fact, we are talking about doing a LARP Thanksgiving. Everybody picks a historical character and we get to come to dinner as our historical character including likes and dislikes. Now I've told all my family, none of you can be vegans and none of you can have a, other than my wife can have a gluten allergy. So we have that, but it is an idea that you can build LARPing into it. And, you know, we have no, you know, no, it's going to break our normal traditions because we can't do a lot of them. Okay. So that was the LARP episode. I want to say one last thing. We're hitting this holiday season and there are a lot of people all over the world in America, in Europe, in Asia Pacific region, South America, they're hurting because of this pandemic. If you have some money to donate to a food bank, please do. If you have some food to donate, please do. If you have coats, hats, gloves, and shoes, if you have five pairs of each, you can't wear all five at once. Try donating one to somebody or to a group. The world needs a huge hug. We need to meet LARP as good Samaritans and people that are going to help everybody. And you be that character when you take your LARP in. Maybe speak in an English accent. Hello, Governor. I've got some jackets for you. Have a great one and look forward to the next podcast.